Beyond the Touchline. You need those those players with the X-Factor ability um, to dominate those little moments, you know, getting one opportunity in the game, making count of that opportunity and make sure that you get the try or you, you make that tackle who prevents a try from being scored. So for me, it's all about the little moments and, and, and little moments make, make, make those actually big special players, you know, they, they bring them to the fore and that's where they will determine on, you know, a, a difference between a World Cup uh, trophy or not. The view there of Brayton Kulsa on the type of player that a team will need if they want to win this year's Rugby World Cup. And that takes us into the fourth episode of EWN Sports Beyond the Touchline. In this episode, we'll be talking about the players that are likely to make an impact at this year's tournament and which team has the best chance of winning. My name is Michael Pedro. And my name is Ahmed Kaji. We are very excited for the Rugby World Cup ahead uh, just to see which players will be shining, which teams will be shining and obviously go on to win the Rugby World Cup. I'm going to start off with the South African players who I think will be key performers. So we'll obviously look at uh, team predictions a bit later on. But uh, from my I think uh, the two forwards uh, in South Africa's team that will be doing amazing work is probably Ibn Itzabeth and Malcolm Marx. They both had brilliant uh, super rugby seasons and I really think uh, heading into the World Cup they will be key players for the Springboks. Definitely, Malcolm Marx has become probably one of the best uh, hookers in the world and Ibn Etzebeth has been at the top of his game for quite a while now so some good experience there and, and they are still relatively young as well looking at the some of the backline players obviously Andre Pollard is going to be key for the Springboks as is every fly half in every team dictating the pace of the game uh, and also I'm looking forward to seeing Herschel Yankees he might not start every game because Fafta Clark is going to be the number one scrum half at this World Cup for South Africa. But when he does get a chance, I'm very keen to see what he can do, especially given his performances in the rugby championship. Mm. I mean, from an international perspective, away from the Springboks, there's a number of teams that we can look at, uh, a number of players from different teams. I know many of us uh, would go for the traditional players. I'm just going to go from a bit of an outside and an outliers point of view. I think uh, if Sonny Bill Williams is fit, he is going to be exceptional for the All Blacks. Um, I think his layoffs, the play, is, uh, the play that he gives off when he is in the centre of the field. Uh, so from my side, I think Sonny Bill Williams is really going to do some amazing work for the All Blacks. It's going to be interesting from New Zealand's point of view how they juggle uh, Richie Mwanga and Bowden Barrett. Uh, Bowden Barrett can play fullback, so can Richie Mwanga. They both play fly half and are very good in that position. So I think the, the balance there is going to be key for the All Blacks, but also very excited to see the two of them potentially playing in the same team. Yeah, there's also been many pundits uh, and experts who've weighed into that. And speaking about that, uh, we also managed to get in touch with Victor Matfield and he spoke about who he thinks will shine for the Springboks. Well, for South Africa, I think a guy like uh, Malcolm Marks and even Etzebet will definitely have to be at the best at the World Cup. We'll need them to give us that go forward that I talked about earlier. Uh, we need them to be really strong when it comes to mall time as well. And then Andre Pollard will be um, really crucial for South Africa. Uh, he's a guy that's very important for us. He can um, dictate the play with his boot. Uh, he can take on the advantage line and he can create space for the guys on the outside. So he'll be very important. So he mentioned Andre Pollard there and the role that he could potentially play at this World Cup. And the fly half himself is 
feeling pretty confident ahead of the tournament. For us as a team, to be realistic, we, we can win this thing. You know, it's, it's not it's really not far-fetched to, to say that. Um, I think there's a few sides in the, in the competition that believe they can win it. So it's going to come down to small margins, but I think really we've got a great group group here together. Um, Away from South Africa and New Zealand, who are among the favourites for this year's tournament and some of the players that might stand out for them, there's also teams like Ireland, Wales, England, Australia even, and definitely there's players in their ranks that also stand out. The first person that comes to my mind when looking at those other nations who stand a chance is definitely Johnny Sexton, uh, fly half for Ireland, the reigning IRB player of the year. So you can't really look past him. He's been immense for Ireland uh, for the longest time now. So he's definitely another player to look out for and staying within sort of the United Kingdom, as it were. Uh, George North for Wales is going to be immense. He is a massive, massive player for them, uh, not just in stature, but also what he brings to the game. So he's going to be very exciting to see as well. One of the guys that uh, I'm really interested to see how they perform uh, would be uh, Manu Tuilagi for England. I think his experience over the last few World Cups, over the last few years, would really go a long way in terms of taking England through to the next stages, at least uh, to the latter stages of the tournament. And he's also back from injury, which means he probably some time on the sidelines may have been a good place for him to also get his mental state uh, into the right place. Yeah, it's been a topsy-turvy sort of seven, eight years for him since 2011 when he sort of burst onto the scene in international rugby. And it's good to see for him that he's back in the side and that he's having an influence on the way England play. Uh, it's just going to be whether he can bring that to the world stage. Uh, that's going to be the, the key thing for him. But also another uh, sort of touching story, uh, Christian Lealiafano. He is going to be in the Australia squad and two years ago was diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, he's made his comeback and is now in Australia's Rugby World Cup squad. And he adds to a pretty exciting backline. I mean, they've got the likes of Kirtley Beal in there as well. So there is a lot to look forward to for Australia and a very nice story for, for Leo Leofano on a personal level as well. There's many other teams. Uh, we look at Ireland, uh, we look at Wales as well who have come through. Um, your thoughts on uh, perhaps some of uh, the dark horses? Yeah, I think this year is going to be probably one of the most exciting World Cups that we've seen in recent times. In years gone by, New Zealand has always been the out-and-out favourites, and it's just about who can have a decent tournament to, to try and match them. But I think realistically, this time around, any team that makes it into the semi-finals has a realistic chance of winning. It's not just, okay, well, whoever plays New Zealand is going to get knocked out and, and that's who's going to, New Zealand's going to face someone in the final. I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that New Zealand will even get to the final. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a long shot to say, but that's how, how well some of the other teams have been playing this year. You look at how tightly contested the Six Nations was, look at how well the Springboks did in the Rugby Championship, even though it was a shortened tournament. And New Zealand have looked a little bit shaky recently, but we all know how good they are when it does come to a World Cup. Uh, I just think the, the Northern Hemisphere teams might have a little bit of an advantage just because 
the Southern Hemisphere teams haven't really played that many games against them uh, in the last couple of months. It's all been about South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Argentina playing against each other. The same could be said for, for the Northern Hemisphere teams and that their focus has been on the Six Nations. So Northern Hemisphere style is definitely different to how, how it's played in the Southern Hemisphere. But I think there's so many options and so many teams that you can pick to, to cause an upset at this World Cup and to even go on and win it. So I do still make New Zealand favorites, obviously, because <laughs> you'd be pretty stupid not to. <laughs> but uh, this year is going to be very interesting. There's a lot of teams who can give New Zealand a proper go. We've always spoken about the importance of squad depth. We saw that uh, the Springboks uh, are very important when it comes to, to squad depth. But you say that many teams can make it to the semifinals and at that point it's anyone's game. My biggest uh, concern for those smaller teams is not just big match temperament, but whether they can go on to win a number of matches in a row. And is that really possible? Um, we managed to chat to Joel Stransky to just find out a bit more about maintaining that momentum over a few games. There's like almost a recipe when you look at World, World Cups and, and there's a recipe to win a World Cup. And in a nutshell, it is about having a big, strong pack of forwards. It is about having a strong defensive pattern. It's about having a good goal kicker. It's about having a good decision maker at number 12. And I think um, in every way we've, we tick those boxes. So, so I think we will be one of the favourites. I think there are other teams that tick those boxes too. New Zealand obviously tick those boxes. Um, England tick those boxes. Um, and I suppose there's one other little criteria you have to take into account. And that is the ability to win three or four big games in a row. Um, Ireland tick the boxes. Wales tick the boxes. But I'd question whether they can win three or four massive games on the trot, you know, so, but I think realistically those are the teams with a chance. Well, I think if you had to look at the, the tournament as a whole and who stands a chance, we've mentioned Ireland, we've mentioned Wales, we've mentioned Australia and we've mentioned England, who can potentially cause upsets and, and make it to the final. But as we heard there from Joel Stransky, it's about winning games in tough situations and being able to win games consistently, especially when it comes to tournament rugby. And for me, I think that South Africa and New Zealand are probably the best equipped to do that at the moment. So in terms of the teams that are going to go to the final in early November, I definitely think it's going to be South Africa and New Zealand battling it out for, for the World Cup trophy this year. Yeah, I normally would disagree with you, but on, on this front, uh, South Africa and New Zealand seem to be the favourites who will be making it through to the final. I think England may have a slight chance at perhaps popping South Africa into that final. But uh, other than that, I'm assuming South Africa and New Zealand final. And my bias is going to come in slightly, but also to think um, that South Africa has got a drop down uh, in New Zealand during the rugby championship. I think uh, South Africa has got this World Cup and perhaps it will be three stars now, especially considering that it's also 12 years, there's history. And just given where the space of South African rugby is at the moment, I think South Africa is definitely winning this World Cup. Let us know your predictions in the comments below and who you think has the best chance of winning this year's Rugby World Cup. Yeah, you can also tweet us at EWN Sport with the hashtag EWN Beyond the Touchline. Uh, in the next episode, the fifth and final episode of the series in this build-up to Rugby World Cup 2019, we'll be taking a look at the ways in which players prepare for games, the kind of music they listen to, whether they have any superstitions, and what gets them going before a big match. Beyond the Touchline, brought to you by EWN Sports.